Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is February 19th, 2023. My name is Eric Peters and joining me today, Mr. Zach Pauly. Hello. Hello, Zach. We got Mr. Dan Curtis. Hello. Oh, hello. Hello. Are we all special Mudakins today? <laughs> follow me. Hello, follow me. Okay. I'm still not over how bad Soulstorm was. I was just thinking about that the other day because I fired up my Etsy shop to print off some, like I printed off some more of those, those uh, Oddworld magnets that I made. And as I'm looking at them, I'm like, man, Soulstorm just sucked. Now, what was the problem with Soulstorm? Was it that they redid it or it performed like shit? It just wasn't it was, a good game. The gameplay uh, was bad. Yeah, uh, well, can't fix they, that. They <laughs> implemented implemented a crafting system, which was integral to most of the game, but then there was bits on it which were so difficult, it was unbelievable. Right. Well, uh, all those times you had to climb up the fence with the shit flying at you. Yeah. No thanks. I mean... Don't get us wrong, Abe's Odyssey and Abe's Exodus are pretty difficult games, but this one... It's on a whole other level. Yeah, this is the Dark Souls of the Oddworld universe. <laughs> but not in a good way. <laughs> but not in a good way. Yeah. I feel like I sold out Oddworld after Lorne Lanning sold out to Microsoft. So I remember playing Strangers Wrath, but I didn't play anything after that. Uh, was there anything Odyssey after that? Huh? Was there anything after that? There were some Game Boy games. <laughs> yeah. Wait, was yeah, but that wasn't after before Strangers Wrath. Yeah, that wasn't. I, thought, I don't remember. I think I think there's a Game Boy Advance game that's in there somewhere. Munch's Odyssey. Yep. Oh, yeah, which... Stranger. Oh. <laughs> we had played Munch's Odyssey for the show, have we? We haven't. I would love to play Munch's Odyssey. I've played it many a time over the years. It's not bad at all. Add it to the list. <laughs> the endless list of games we add to the list. Forget about. Well, I was telling Zach that um, our goal is to not play shit games this year. I- ideally, that would ideally. be nice. Because, say, the problem is when you play a shit game, it's really hard to finish a shit game. Like we were just discussing on Unwrapped. Mark of Cree, absolute turd in the form of a game. <laughs> Listen, despite I, I, everybody I, telling me it was good. As as you know, I like to complete games that I play, and I have to struggle through shite like this. I don't like it. It wasn't that bad. Eric, it was freshly squeezed excrement from the anus of cows. It was pretty terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry anybody who's listening to this who loves the Mark of Cree when you're a kid, but you're okay. wrong. It's rubbish. Hear me yeah. out. Hear me out. <laughs> Let's try Rise of Kasai and see if that was better. Oh, God, no. That's... <laughs> Kasai. Well, is, that, is, is that the sequel? I, I, I blocked everything about it from my mind. <laughs> yeah, it, it is the sequel. Didn't they re-release How those? did that get a sequel? I don't know. But look at these well, graphics. Like, it this has, is it has just... like Don Bluth attached to it. So, of course, everybody in the early... Oh, my God. Come Jesus on, Christ. Did they forget to add textures to the floor? I think they forgot to add a game. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like somebody just diarrhea'd up some pea soup. <laughs> That's the floor texture. Solid. God, expectations that, that in the like, early 2000s games like were that, so low. Um, <laughs> that looks like that remastered version that they put out of Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. 
before did, saying that we're going back to the drawing board and doing it again. <laughs> did that ever actually come out? No, because they pushed it back because everybody went, that looks absolute boss. Yes, yeah, that did <laughs> so, look shit. <laughs> it looks so, absolute so then, boss. <laughs> so after that, after that, they had a meeting the next day and they went, yeah, that looks absolute balls. We're going to have to redo this now. Sorry. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't have had the junior team go for this one. <laughs> I don't know what they expected. We live in the age of anybody who being able to say whatever the hell they want on the internet, and you put something out like that, it's not going to go well, people. No. Well, and, and too, like, I just don't know how well these games translate way in the future. Well, like you <laughs> like, were saying, the, the expectations were so low when it was early 3D gaming. They're like, just put any old shit out there. People are going to be enamored by the fact that it's a 3D game. Yeah, not so much when you replay them in 2023, unfortunately. Yeah, how no, many how, how many games are on the PS2? Like to look at <laughs> four thousand. I bet you the uh, the holdup rate is less than less than thirty percent. So anyway, on the back of that discussion about 3D games being old and shit, we are going to try and play better ones this year. For the retro show, but this is side quest, and I just realized that I introduced this show incorrectly. I introduced it as Factory Sealed. This is side quests, but it's all part of the Factory Sealed thing. It's under the general Factory Sealed umbrella. Much like the request to play better games, you missed the target, but you hit the tree. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to aim for the moon and hope we just hit the top of the light pole. Zach, we've said for years we've got to play better games this year. It never happens. That's true. That's true. You have somebody, played a bunch of shit. Somebody <laughs> flags up an absolute load of dross that we've got to slog through again. And then they go, then I go, oh, why don't we play something good over the summer like Lost Odyssey? And Eric goes, no, no, we should play Grandia. <laughs> hey, oh, Grandia, Grandia was fantastic. Tom would <laughs> yeah, back, Tom backed me up go, on this. Nah, it wasn't. It was, it was okay. It wasn't as bad as some of the absolute turd sandwich that we've played over the years. Listen, not all of us have 360 hours a day to play games. You, my friend, play games for longer than I do every year. I've seen your PlayStation stats. Yeah, but that's just because you shit at them. (laughs) It's not true. (laughs) I play Warzone. He's given me shit for years for finishing games quickly at spending too long playing games. And this man has two kids and he played Warzone for longer than anything I played last year. Yeah. So <laughs> what's your point? You're full of shite. You're full of shite. <laughs> oh God. <sighs> well, I, I have to say that when you play a ton of games that are older, you have to remember that nostalgia is the most important thing. Uh, and if you don't have nostalgia for the game or your nostalgia level and expectation is way up here, then you end up down here. I think <laughs> maybe we should take the actual suggestions of some of the people that recommend games for us. More often than not, we're like, nah, let's do this. And then it just turns out to be crap. Because what usually happens is uh, behind the scenes little insight for you here we extensively plan our show f- show from the ground up every single two weeks we do not that, no we don't <laughs> <laughs> what happens is everybody forgets to pick a game and then somebody goes 
oh, why don't we do this? And then everybody gets distracted by other shiny things in the WhatsApp chat. And then eventually it gets back to that and they're like, ignore, we ignore the stellar suggestion of that first person. Then Eric comes out with something like alien hominid. It's not my fault all the time. <laughs> but you do bear some of the responsibility. Yes. <laughs> I will wear that shirt. Oh, God. But alien hominid is a great suggestion. Oh, God. Enter the Matrix. Oh. I, that was you, buddy. That was you. That was I, you. I, I think you'll find I wanted to play a Path of Neo. Oh, that's right. Blame it on Tom. He's not here to defend himself. <laughs> Woo! And I know you, you guys went, well, we shouldn't play a Path of Neo because it's the second one. I think, Pat, like, I think Enter the Matrix might be the worst game we've ever played for the show. Oh, that's, that's strong words. Yeah. It is quite literally... It, it, I threw the game in the trash. That's how much I hated it. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember what somebody else, telling me. What else have we played that was, was absolute dross? We've played a lot of bad shit. You played Eternal Darkness. That game was okay. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Because <laughs> I played it alongside you, and it was, I, like, again, nostalgia. <laughs> really important to games. <laughs> right. I think maybe everybody's like, I can't wait to get to the part where they pretend to erase my memory card. And then you yeah. get there, and you're like, well... That wasn't worth the adventure. Dot, find, dot hack invention infection. Sorry, oh. that was atrocious. Well, and there's always like, you, you. We do tend to pick games that play on weird old consoles where like the console muscle memory is no longer there. Like trying to play a GameCube game in 2023 is rough. Oh, that control. Oh, Eric, you you loved a bit of Gex. That was your favorite. That was you. <laughs> that was me. And then you bailed on the show and you left us to talk about it. <laughs> totally I, I still purpose. find it amazing that you haven't played Goof Troop yet. I'm sorry, that's never going to happen. We haven't played terrible things. I mean, we've played Dead Space. Dead Space was good. Yeah. Dead Space, Dead Space 2, that was good. Played Bioshock, that was good. That's right. Did you play the new Dead Space? No, I'm going to wait for that to come down. I can't justify 70 bucks for it. Nah, I'm kind of in the same boat. And mostly because I just played the Callisto Protocol, which was like an actual new IP that was $70. (laughs) I'm too much of a pansy. Well, I mean, you got through Eternal Darkness. Yeah, it was absolutely terrifying. Was it? No. Oh. I mean, I the, the only terrifying thing about it was how bad it was. <laughs> wow, this is bad. <laughs> I have played some shit games, uh, but I, I try and keep it on the side of like, okay, well, this is mostly, you know, for nostalgia, or this is mostly mm-hmm. because I remember this mechanic being cool. But every once in a while, I stumble into a pile of shit that seems to have no bottom. Well, see, yeah. I feel like I have a high threshold for quality, Zach, and then when I came on this show, I feel like it dropped because I get forced to play a dross. That's fair. Well, I am sorry for inconveniencing <laughs> your life with 13 years of wonderful friendship and then this blossoming community. Has it been that of, long? It, unfortunately, it has. Jesus wept. I know. That's long enough, right? We're off. We'll see you later. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> Highlight all. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> we are the definition of go out with a whimper. So what have you guys been playing this week? 
Oh, God almighty, have we been playing some games. Um, I bought I bought two games. You bought two games? All right, bought, let's hear it. I bought two. I bought the new Theater Rhythm, which came out for uh, Thursday. Weirdly, came out on a Thursday. And I've already put like 12 hours into that game. It is disgusting how large that game is. Um, they have a percentage completer or percentage tracker on there and 12 hours in and it's 6% complete. Like the game Ugh. is just absolutely colossal. But remember, he doesn't have any time to play games. None whatsoever. None at War all. Zone. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's, only done, he's only done 12 hours since Thursday. Yeah. You've done like 12 hours in the last 10 minutes. Yes, but I am exceptionally talented, my good friend. Yes, I suppose. Uh, great game. I was really, really pumped about this. I was actually considering not getting it right away just because I also bought Hogwarts, which we'll talk about. But uh, I'm weak, and I ended, I ended up buying it. Um, only found one copy in the whole city. That's just starting to become a thing I got to get used to is living in a smaller town. Might just need to be ordering my games online like Dan. <laughs> Wisconsin is like the the Hunger Games for finding games. It's not. They've all got to compete. And believe it or not, I didn't find it at a major store. I found it at my buddy's uh, retro gaming store. They just occasionally get in a couple of new games, and he had one copy of it. Like, oh, all right, well, I guess I'll come buy it. Um, After playing the demo for it when that came out a few weeks ago, I was really concerned that I wasn't going to enjoy it very much because it's all button-based controls. Did you guys, either of you guys play the demo? Extensively. Extensively. So it's very, very different from the the DS version where I played everything with the stylus. And that was very intuitive where you'd have the angle swipes and um, all the taps. It was very, very, very intuitive. Switching to the controller, not so much because they start introducing multiple button presses. So you could be holding one button and tapping another one at the same time and then use the joysticks to do your swipes. Um, sometimes you're doing both joysticks at the same time. And I haven't really figured out what my favorite button combination is yet. Like I feel like using R1 and and L1 for my fingers for the button presses isn't really intuitive. But then if I'm using my thumb for like pressing A to do the buttons, anytime two joystick moves come up, I have to move my thumb off onto the joystick. So I haven't really found the groove on it yet. I found that using the left equivalent ZL and A on the right-hand side, was best for me. That's what I do, but once you start getting into the the harder songs, there's a lot of the double-stick movements, and you just can't be moving your thumb back and forth fast enough. um, I couldn't get used to them at all because they have, like, double-stick notes where they basically you have to point in two directions at once, Yeah, and they come so quickly, and it just really confuses my brain. (laughs) I I just can't do it. There's four difficulty levels. There's basic, and then it goes straight from basic to expert, and then it goes from expert to master and then supreme. I can't uh, even the beat complete. saber approach. <laughs> right. I can't even complete a single song on master because it's just it's too much with all the stick movements and, and the button inputs. But I think part of it is that my gaming setup in the living room, the TV is a little old and the AV receiver is a little old. So I think there's some audio video latency between there. I've noticed it. I can't play first-person shooters on that TV. It's just there's a there's a just a small amount of input lag that I can't figure out, so it makes things very difficult. So I've had to go Are in. You and sure, adjust. the input lag isn't coming from you being shit. 
I have not considered that, no. Ah, well, I would strongly consider looking into it. Yeah. I mean, at least a second opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Christy, am I shit at this? Oh, yes, you are. I'm happy to fly over and supervise. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a great use of time and money. Just come over, fly from England, turn up, watch you play for half an hour, say your shit, go home. Well, I think we could set up a webcam too, you know. No, nah, I'd rather come. The way the game is laid out is actually really interesting because now you have the same as before. You have the quest series and then you have the music stages, but you can only unlock. Well, not not only the main way to unlock the songs is you get a key and then you have to unlock a series of the game. Like Pick an entire Final Fantasy seven. Boom. Play through that. And there's anywhere from like seven to 18 stages within. You get to the end of that. You get another key to unlock another game. Rinse, repeat. And every time you play a song within there, you unlock it in the music stage. And if you beat a game in the music stage, it'll give you like a, hey, because you played this, you might like this song. And then you can unlock it from there, but it doesn't unlock it in the music stage. So um, it's very deep, very, very complex. And I never really messed around too much with like the party build and organizing. You know, you have your, your magic casters, you have your healers, you have your defensive, you have your attackers. I never paid any attention to that. Like, I like Cloud. I like Locke, uh, I like Ultimecia, and I like Ramza. So, like, let's just throw them all at a party together. That's exactly what I did when I played on DS, because I think when when you're focusing on the beat of the music and watching the notes, you don't even really notice what the hell's going on around you anyway. But what I've noticed is that if you pay attention, so now when you go into the quest series, it'll tell you, hey, this enemy is weak to this. If you build your party... You will, in some of them, you, you have certain quests within that quest that you have to complete, like defeat 12 enemies or beat the final boss by the time you get to the end of the stage. And if you don't have the right class build or the right party build, you won't complete that quest. So now you do have to pay a little bit more attention to the characters that you're putting within. I never, ever, never actually activated any of the items ever before. Now I'm working on that. And it's amazing how much different the game plays when you actually treat it like a true RPG. So give that a shot. Interesting. Yeah. I need to get it. Uh I just I just don't want to right now. It's a it's a rabbit hole. And they have so I many know. plans for DLC. They've got season passes going up through like the end of twenty twenty four. The de- the demo Ooh. reminded me constantly when I was playing. Yeah. There's a lot and of songs on it. It's standard though. There's quite a bit. Um but then they really start branching out into like near automata and they've got all the the Mana Chrono series, Trigger. Chrono Trigger, uh, Legend of Final Fantasy games, which that chippy 8-bit Game Boy music, <laughs> like, I don't want to play that. Yeah. Like, that's just annoying. I mean, Chrono Trigger's got some absolute bangers on the soundtrack, mind. That'll be good. Yeah. Well, so they've got three, no, two different Final Fantasy VII series. They've got the original, and then they've got the Final Fantasy VII Remake series within there. And then they've got a series just called Final Fantasy VII series, which combines a bunch of stuff. So technically three different Final Fantasy VII's within there. Wow. See, so my my biggest gripe, I, a small a small gripe, because I did really enjoy the theater rhythm on DS, but my biggest gripe with it is why don't they put some kind of plot in it rather than just play the music stages? I think it needs some kind of plot just to jimmy Not along Everything a bit. needs a plot, Dan. Storyline ha- story happens you. to other people. I was playing it. I said, this will have, Skip. like Dissidia, have a little underlying plot 
that would make you go from stage to stage and make you try the older ones with the little chirpy music and stuff like that. And it would be lovely. And because then have, people would have, look at it and go, oh, that's canon. And now now we see that Terra is actually related to Aerith. And no, oh, Jesus. Yeah, we yeah. Don't can, need I, that. can I straddle we, the canon? You may. Yes. You may. Thank you. <laughs> Did you know that there's a Dragon Quest theater rhythm in Japan? Is that? Yeah. Is that oh, how popular that is over there? Way popular. See, there's, there's not many series that could have their own theater rhythm, essentially, is there? They've been going, I suppose, Super Super Mario theater rhythm. Yeah, theater rhythm Dragon Quest was only Zelda. released in Japan. Interesting. I, I bought it. You mentioned Chrono Trigger. I actually bought the soundtrack for that this week. I found an album uh, that Ooh. had it on there. And I... I you know, like, I think that games like that can support it. I'd be interested to see somebody do something crazy like Dark Souls <laughs> or the Souls games because those soundtracks are huge. Yeah, yeah, that would be sweet. I wish they'd remake Chrono Trigger already. Yeah. Well, I mean, they tried with Chrono Cross. They did. As long as they don't <laughs> do it like they did with uh, Final Fantasy 3 and 4 for the DS because those were trash. Well, well you could. I- I'd be happy enough if they made Chrono Trigger in the style of Sea of Stars. Just up-res it? Just up-res it, yeah. I'd be happy with that. I suppose. They should remastered, re- remastered music, lovely. See, what happened was they tried to make a sequel to Chrono Trigger called Chrono Cross, and that was absolute hot garbage. See, I've, I've never played it. I really do want to try it. Because they, they re-released it recently, didn't they? Yeah. Did they? On what? Yeah. PlayStation 4, maybe? It's a PS1 game. Yeah. So it's probably just on the Classics Collection, if it is. No, no, well, it was a full no, remaster. It was, it was sure. a full remaster. Hmm. I don't know. But it'd be um, it'd be interesting to, to play it again. I played it way back when on the PlayStation 1, and I didn't like it, but it's possible that like I was just viewing it through the lens of, oh, this is not Chrono Trigger. And that's irritating because chrono trigger is of course one of my favorite games of all time you're right they did it just did come it came back out in oh god what is this because i see it on switch oh they it's did just it for a... switch too shit i might pick so that up here's, here's a question about theater rhythm eric why have they only released it on switch and ps4 i don't know but i bought it on switch because that's truly a handheld portable game Say, so, so I think I would get it on PS4, but I'm not. Why hasn't isn't there a PS5 version? They're releasing it on PlayStation. I don't know. The only thing is, I can I can think of is it's been heavily developed for Switch and it's been ported over to PS4. But it's really easy to probably just put it on PS5 also because it's the same yeah. architecture. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what I'm talking it's about. It's because they want to release it a year from now as Super HD UHD Plus Master Remax for $70. I'd buy it. That's why we're not getting a new Switch yet, and they're still putting Tears of the Kingdom on uh, the OG oh Switch so that they can sell it to us again in two years. Oh, my God. That shit's fucking genius. I used to think that Nintendo just didn't care. Now I'm thoroughly convinced that they're evil geniuses. And we all pay it. We all keep doing it. Yes. You know I'm going to buy Tears of the Kingdom the day it comes out, and then I'm going to buy the new Switch or whatever the hell it's called, the flip-flop or whatever, when that comes out, and then I'm going to buy the remake of all of the Zelda games again. Yeah, and and again, like, I'm I'm 
I'm part of the problem because I will absolutely do that as well. <laughs> and then they'll uh, they'll finally release Super Mario Galaxy two, but you'll only be able to get it for a limited time. Oh God, what a fucking shit show that is! Like, why <laughs> do you release pivotal game series and not release the best one, or you know, just fucking remaster it? <laughs> right. <laughs> Super Mario I, Galaxy two so- big missing is awful. It is absolutely terrible, but I think we kind of the whole chat about the Switch and how when did the Switch come out? Now is about seven, eight, five years old. It's coming seventeen. Yeah, and it's getting old and a bit creaky, and it really concerns me that Tears of the Kingdom's not going to run well at all. It was old and creaky when it came out. This is true, but it's at the same vein. I think Nintendo is pretty good with their first party releases on Switch and making them in such a way that they work with the limitations of the switch like i've been playing the new kirby game recently really good Ooh, runs silky smooth <laughs> yeah but oddly t- my one of my games of the week was uh metroid prime and yeah. it is fucking genius i mean it's it's a complete remake and it it runs at 60 frames a second it looks good it plays good and so i, I can't really complain about nintendo's you know penchant for quality <laughs> I feel like when they do a first party release, it's it's always pretty special. Yeah, I mean, you could say that Breath of the Wild was flibby when it came out, um, and it didn't run great. It looked okay, and it looks great on Switch. But it's possible that they've spent five years trying to refine that, uh, because especially if they're not doing any of the uh, you know like the exploration of the world stuff, or they you know you have to give and take, and it depends on what they've taken out that out of that game to make it run better. Well, um, people have been people have been people have been looking at the new trailer and uh people have they compared it with the old one and apparently the draw distance is bigger. Yeah. So little things like that and the textures look better and stuff like that. So. Well the thing that irritates me about it is like they uh, clearly the first trailer that came out whatever that was like a year ago was not rendered on Switch. There's no way. There's no, no chance. Um it was doing all sorts of things that the Switch can't do, which leads you to speculation of is this just the Switch 2? Um, and if it is, then talk to us about that. Uh, I understand you may not be ready, but you can't keep showing games that are rendered off-platform. That's the thing that irritates me most about the game industry is their their willingness to release game demos that are really CG demos. Yeah, well, I don't I don't understand nowadays why people put out, like, CG trailers when yeah. they've got, like, gameplay which looks essentially as good as a CG yeah. trailer now. And and then it says at the bottom in very small writing, not actual gameplay. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> that just instantly turns me off. Not representative of final gameplay. Well, then don't fucking show me. Just talk, <laughs> talk to me about it, you know? <laughs> well, the, the, the whole video game industry is built on, like, secrets constantly, and I don't know why people aren't just more transparent with what they're doing. It's like yeah. they, the developers of the new Dead Space all the way through were showing the alpha builds and what they were working on and stuff like that just to show people like this is what we're doing and then they took feedback from people and like people said that gun doesn't sound quite like it should do from the old dead space and they're like well we'll refine that slightly yeah but it's kind of a double-edged sword i i almost like it when they don't do that because then it it doesn't build up the hype train Mm. think about how many games over the years we've gotten so hyped for and then it comes out and it's just garbage yeah i know well i know i i agree i think people release information too soon like i mean look at on game pass recently hi-fi rush announced the day before came out that 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 next day it's fantastic holy fucking shit that game is amazing 
It's, I, I haven't I, I haven't finished it yet, but it's it's really good. It's fun. Yeah. I like how Super Elden Ring fun. did it for six years. They're just like, hey, we're making a game. Like that was it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah. we're yeah. making a game. It's called Elden Ring. Here's a picture. <laughs> What's it about? Yeah, you'll find out. That's the best way because we the discovery in that game was amazing. Yep. Yeah. Because a lot of games think- now, by the time it comes out, you know everything about it. It's like watching a movie trailer. I don't even watch trailers anymore because they just give away the best parts of the movie. Yes. It's like um, Hogwarts Legacy. I knew I was going to buy Hogwarts Legacy. Like I knew this as soon as it was announced. It was always going to happen. And I was um, not, and I did. Yeah. I know. Well done. Um, but I just went on Media Blackout because they released loads of trailers in the build-up to release. I'm like, I don't want to know this. I don't want to know this. And I feel like when I do know these things, when I'm playing the game, I'm like, well, that's not surprising. That would have been really cool Yeah, to not to know that in advance. My buddy so. gets on uh, Disney for that. And and it's absolutely true. Like if if you are going to release a comic book movie, and and whatever it is, if it's Ant Man or if it's you know whatever the MCU stuff, like if you really want to see it, don't watch the trailers, right? Because every single trailer gives away the whole movie and every subplot by the time that you're done. And it's it's absolutely true. Like you just have to stay away from the media, well, which especially is with a comedy good rule movies too. In general. <laughs> comedy movies in general, they give away all the best jokes within the yeah. trailer yep. too. Yeah, and I, I I understand it. They've got to market it. They've got to sell it to people who aren't necessarily interested. But for the rest of us who are interested, it's kind of with a more talking. refined palette. Yes, there is of us who expect these video games to be marvelous, yes. and she'll buy it regardless. So should we yep. talk about Hogwarts? Because yeah, we should talk about Hogwarts. Oh, we should talk. You about and Isaac touched a little bit on this on the last show. Um, yeah. Stop touching each other. No. <laughs> there were DS's involved, and it's just. I had my stylus tip to tip with Eric's. <laughs> that is an that is a throwback joke, like ten years old. God, still rem- I still remember it vividly. I swear I've blinked and missed about eight years. I don't know where they've gone. Um, like I like I said a couple minutes ago, I had zero intention on actually buying this game because I'm just not a Harry Potter fan. And then I saw, obviously, it got a bunch of press coverage for probably not the best reasons but then again it kind of became this thing where i took it it caused me to pay a little bit more attention to it and i really started looking into it and went this game looks freaking fantastic um like this is what fable probably should have been or at least was trying to be in the early 2000s so sure uh yeah i'm in i bit i bought it i'm hooked it's so good man obviously yes it comes Again, amidst a background of controversy. So I am a huge Harry Potter fan, so I was going to buy it regardless. I understand why people are annoyed at it, but I'm also kind of in another camp where hundreds of people have probably worked so hard on this game to bring it to life in a universe that they love, and I don't feel like they should be discredited just because of the opinions of one person. Right. Yeah. Like, this game has had no, as far as I understand, input from J.K. Rowling, who developed the Harry Potter series. It's being made by fans of her work. It's essentially the equivalent of fan fiction. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I mean, and it features all the things that people were annoyed at J.K. Rowling about, right? Like, it features, I, I'm just going to say it, like, openly gay characters and openly yes, trans characters. It's, it's, it, I so, said this to Eric in WhatsApp, Zach. It's one of the most inclusive games I've actually seen. There yeah. is a blind character. There is a house elf with one ear. There's people yeah. with disabilities. It's, there's, I say, a gay character, trans characters. It's like... What more do you want? 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and two, like, my, my personal politics aside, like, you shouldn't punish a large group of people for something that depends on, you know, like, ultimately, it's creator. Yeah, she's going to make some money on it. But if it fails, she's not going to make any more money. And if it wins, she's not going to make any more money. So, like, I, I don't get the ire. Um, We've entered, and especially a... I don't get the ire when it comes from Twitter because yeah. you're basically complaining about a billionaire transphobe on a platform owned by a billionaire transphobe. <laughs> <laughs> We, and I just don't get it. <laughs> we've hit a point in society where if we just continually keep looking, at, like you dig hard enough, you're going to find shit like this on literally every single person, and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't make it okay. But you know, we can't always be continually looking backwards. Well, like, and, and this is my final political thought on this: if you are up in arms about the Harry Potter game, but you're still fucking playing Blizzard games, then yeah. you don't have a leg to stand on. Yeah, that's it. Like, and and. You know, everybody in the world is going to play Diablo 4 when it comes out. I will be the first in line. Yep. But you just need to kind of get over yourself um, yep. with that. And if you're trans and you don't want to play it, then don't play it. But don't go write an article about not playing it. Well, like, like there that. was a there was, I can't remember the name of the website and I really don't even want to give a shout out for it. But they gave they gave the game a one out of ten. Oh, yeah. And basically There's, just and, and they tried to justify it. Like you could tell that the whole reasoning was just because of the J.K. Rowling comments, which um that aside they were like the game looks like crap looks like we're running on three generation old uh hardware here and the gameplay is just really stale and dry and like listen which is not true it is <laughs> not, not neither of those are true yeah no it i mean like, and uh, and i'm playing on console i'm not even playing on pc and the game looks better than 90 percent of what's out there it's, it's such a polished release as well. Uh, I mean, some people have reported some bugs, but I haven't encountered any really. And the biggest bug I came across was I went swimming and I came up and my jacket was sticking straight through my back and out my pelvis in the front. And that was it. And then I <laughs> walked and it fixed or? itself. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> don't kink shame uh, me. Yeah. Well, let's I, talk about the game for a minute. No. Yeah, so we got through, we got through the political <laughs> bullshit, but like. I, as our resident Harry Potter nerd, have been suckered in hook, line, and sinker. This is everything I've ever wanted from a Harry Potter game. It's every it's single magical, way. like pardon the pun. Ha, it is. See what you did there. Funny. It's great. <laughs> I know yeah. very, very, very little about Harry Potter. I think I've read maybe sixty pages of the first book. I've watched the first three movies and like bits and pieces of four through eight because my kids were watching them. But uh, like, I think that probably 90% of the cool little references that you see walking around the castle, I'm missing, which are, are probably fantastic for long life, you know, lifelong fans of the series. So I, I I imagine this game does a ton of fan service. It definitely does. Um, There was a little side quest I found yesterday where a a character just asked you a pop quiz about Harry Potter trivia. And I got most of them right because that's how much of a Harry Potter did. (laughs) Because <laughs> this game is what a hundred years before the events of Harry Potter, uh, at least. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. the exact years, but it's in the eighteen hundreds, which is crazy. Because you're walking around, and even a hundred years before the events of Harry Potter, all of the stuff that you're experiencing now is st- still ancient. Like the castle is ancient, and there's they're talking about Merlin and his magic and clues that he's left behind. So like, there's this storied legacy within this castle, and and people. 
in the time of Harry Potter were trying to figure it out. But even now, 100 years earlier, they're still trying to figure stuff out. So it's just it's just such a neat world. And when I first dropped into it, I I honestly thought it was going to be kind of like a bad comparison would be. I thought it was going to be like bully where you go in and you, yeah. you have you have the school and you can explore maybe some grounds around it. And then the first quest where I had to go to Hogsmeade and they showed the world map. And you're like, oh, this looks kind of big. And then you get out of huge. You get out of Hogsmeade and then you get your first quest where you can go wherever the hell you want. You're like the map just keeps zooming out. And like yeah. Hogwarts itself is massive. Like absolutely alarmingly huge. There's a lot of verticality to it, isn't there? <laughs> Put yeah. your teeth in, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and I'm I'm impressed, and this is something that you don't get in games. Like Hogwarts is so meticulously laid out, like you can walk into the bathroom, which is not something that you get. And there's like logically placed bathrooms all over the place. And that's just, I I, I sat back the first night that I played it, because I played it with my daughter, um, who was very much into Harry Potter. And my wife sat there and watched her. Um, and just, just to explore Hogwarts is a thing of beauty. Yeah. Right. Because it's very well mapped out. Everything's very well textured. Everything looks right. And there is a sense of exploration to that game that I don't think I've felt since probably Elden Ring. Can I make one one complaint that I have? And I don't, this, this seems to be a common trend that we're experiencing within games now is that we're taking steps backwards when it comes to making effective functional maps. The map in this game is awful. I thought that I like God of War Ragnarok was the pinnacle of bad maps. This makes that look immaculate. I think, that, I think the Hogwarts map is bad because of the verticality of it, but I feel like the breadcrumb trail is so good yeah, at mapping you around Hogwarts. Like, but I, as I've been exploring, I've started to learn how to go around it. It's kind of yeah. like being being a first year at Hogwarts and just learning. Because in the books, like Harry and Ron and Hermione get lost continuously because they don't know where to go. And it's I like can see just that. Ha- having yeah. that magic in it is kind of as a Harry Potter nerd, it is awesome. Well, the, you're right. The breadcrumb trail for every quest is amazing because you don't have to know it. You just yeah. follow the little dotted line and that's, you know, and again, like it's a testament to good game design that you get lost in that castle because you could really play 100 hours in that game just in the castle and never come out of it. If, if I had any gripe, it's that it suffers the trope of like, oh, no, you have to do all these things before we open up the map. And I feel like, OK, maybe for a big game like this, that's necessary. I just I kind of now want my games to do what Elden Ring did, which was just fuck it, go explore. See what you can yeah. find out there. Just let and if you be. die, you die. You know, but the only, the only like gr- a couple of gripes I've got with it is the Alohomora lockpick game. I don't think that's necessary. I haven't gotten to that yet. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of a faff on every once you've done it about thirty times, you get a bit sick of that. Um uh so I, it makes no sense thematically that you can explore as much as you do and just sack off school constantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is the mini game? Is it like the uh, the Oblivion lock picking game? Oh, yes! It basically is. There's two sparks which you've got to align in the right spot, and then oh. it opens. So uh, you can't just all, cast a, a lock pick nah. spell and have it pop open. Man. You can you can skip it apparently on story difficulty, but I don't play on story difficulty. Yeah. Uh, the what was I going to say? It's gone out of my head, but um, 
It's, it is an absolutely fantastic game, and I think they should be applauded for developing a combat system which just works in it's Harry Potter. Fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, Once you understand, I, I like how the the enemies will have a bubble around them, and everything's associated with color. So if you cast a certain spell that's the purple color, it'll deactivate whatever is around them. It it's very intuitive and it's very fast paced. Yeah, I've got my favorite one is uh, so I've got the Glacius spell which freezes an enemy, and then you can use Defindor, which does like a slice, <laughs> and and it just makes them explode into different crystals. That's awesome. Um, I also um, think the game. I also think the game could have benefited from a more clear cut morality system. Uh, so. <laughs> You can you can you can you can learn the bad spells from Harry Potter. You can learn them, but there's no real repercussions for doing so. I'm very disappointed at how far into this game I am and have not had the opportunity to unjustly murder someone yet. Yeah. It's also it's also really cool that you can get loads of gear and you can dress up how you want. But again, <laughs> thematically, so stupid. it makes no sense. You've got everybody else sitting in their Gryffindor robes, and then you've got this nubty sitting with a face mask on, with a top hat, dressed in dressed in a suit of armor from the waist down. It makes no sense. It's, I have so I have glasses on where one of them is like a firework confetti, and the other one is a dragon eye, and then he's got this floppy purple wizard hat that flips in front of his face. He just looks like an absolute idiot but he's walking around having all these really intense conversations with the headmaster just looking like a tit <laughs> yeah I, I i recognize that this game was definitely very gear centric in the first like 30 minutes because I, re- I realized i had like 14 robes and five quidditch outfits and i'm like i am selling all of this garbage <laughs> that's that's another thing as well it's really like you have to go back to hogsmeade all the time to sell your stuff yeah and the fast travel bit, system's great, though. It is. It's very quick. And flying around on a broom is awesome. I haven't gotten yeah. that yet, or the I don't griffin. Know if you got, I got oh, my broom. I haven't... I, and I have... Apparently, I have some sort of winged creature I'm supposed to fly on, but I can't figure out how to summon it, so... Yeah, hip, <laughs> Same as the broom, but triangle. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, it's better to use the broom anyway. It's le- there's less flapping involved. It's just easier. I was really glad that I... Like, I, I, I remember playing... Um, and again, it's been about a week. So I, I remember playing and the first time you learn a spell, you have to do the weird little chase thing uh, to get around the, you know, the functional circle. And I remember being very, very glad that I didn't have to do that every fucking time I played the game. <laughs> it's just like, no, you just use this to learn a spell. OK, I can deal with that. <laughs> I was afraid that was going to be a thing. Yeah. Like, no, we're what, not. <laughs> I tell you what I thoroughly dislike on this mind. The giant spiders are awful. I haven't gotten to them yet. They are awful. There is so, a lot. Without giving away too much, um, I think I'm probably only like three or four hours into it. Does it eventually kind of become sort of like an Elder Scrolls where you just pop out into the world, just explore shit, like you come across quests and you can see caves? Oh, yeah. I've, I've spent hours just wandering, just sacking off classes and stuff. <laughs> well, you, you basically get like set assignments from the professors and then you're meant to do them and then you go to class and they get like a cutscene. But then after that, like you don't really go to the class anymore. <laughs> So you yeah. just kind of just strike like I just struck out and I realized there's the entire southern region I hadn't even been to yet. So I struck out there this morning. I was like, oh, my God, it's huge. It's like on Elden Ring when you went out those first set of doors after beating the boss and you went, oh, my God. And then you really yes. had no clue of how big the world really was. Yeah. And there's loads in it as well. It's not sparsely. It's not yeah. one of those open worlds that's huge with nothing in it. There's like magic 
to find around every corner, which is really cool. And as as somebody who really loves Harry Potter, it is like the ultimate fantasy of playing in that world. And but also being in a world which is a hundred years before Harry Potter even exists is really cool as well. And seeing how different it is, it's neat that it doesn't rely on the world of Harry Potter because I feel like that would have been the cheap and easy way out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was really kind of impressed in the the first again the first couple hours that I played that there were no like aha and here is Voldemort as a child like there was none of that right and it's all very sort of self contained in its own little world and like that's such an opportunity that gets missed even in movie you know like redoing movies is like oh it's Star Wars but here's Chewie you know like no this is a whole universe. And into itself. So I think it, it deserves that. Like, you short sell your game if you start linking to, you know, big popular characters. Do they there. make any illusions or, or lay the groundations for anything that happens within <laughs> the Harry Potter series um, that you've noticed at least? Not really. That's good. I, I mean, there's, there's characters who might, like, the headmaster, for example... Finis Nigellus Black. He's a character in Harry Potter because well, his po- professor after he Weasley. dies, he gets made into a portrait of the headmaster, and he like he he's a character in it. So there there are th- certain things like that. He's also voiced by Simon Pegg. Who's- oh yeah. <laughs> I assume Professor Weasley is is great, great ancestor of uh, yeah. Ron the Weasleys, and then there's other Weasleys wandering around, and kind of you'll recognize some names of characters from like famous wizarding families and stuff like that. But yeah. well, like like Zach says, it's a self-contained thing set within the Harry Potter universe. And Which just is great. I, yeah. I, I again, I can't say enough about it. I mean, they've captured everything, like from both the books and the films, because obviously with the movies, everybody has a picture of what Hogwarts looks like now, and they've captured that <laughs> so well. Like you can explore the Great Hall, you can explore the the Grand Staircase where all the staircases move and things like that, and there's the secret passage to Honeydukes and stuff like that. It's it's. So I don't know cool, what any man. of that stuff is. I know you don't, but that's so interesting that you, as somebody who doesn't love Harry Potter, still appreciates that this is an exceptional game. It's an exceptional and, game, and I think that anybody who is not playing it for whatever reason i th- just because i think you're doing yourself a massive disservice because putting all that aside it is a masterfully crafted game yeah, yeah the, the combat the exploration the discovery and the actual storyline is really interesting and if you can just get past all of the bullshit politics that's happening i, I agree 100 percent. the trans people should be able to do whatever the hell they want and stuff like that but i mean I feel like it's been blown out of proportion with this. It's a game. Enjoy it. It might line J.K. Rowland's pockets a bit, but I mean, that woman's got more money than God already, so it really right. doesn't matter. She's got so, deals with Lego. She's got deals with the Disney Channel, unless you're giving up the MCU. Right. <laughs> like, Disney streaming. You're you're not you're not costing her anything. <laughs> yeah. You not buying her so, game that she well, didn't make isn't going to I feel her. like... I mean, and in, in my heart of hearts, I feel like this is the next great Harry Potter story because they tried it with Fantastic Beast, right? Like they drug yep. that shit out into three movies and it was all it was OK. It wasn't great. But like this is much better in my honest. Yes, 100 percent. Yeah, it's it's so good to be able to immerse yourself in that world and yeah. just enjoy this different storyline, like dealing with the Goblin Rebellion and stuff like that. It's like it's really cool. Yeah. Spoilers. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Well, I mean, spoilers, but in the first 10 seconds of the game. You know? <laughs> that all, honestly, also, we have to talk about the intro to that game because that fucking blew my mind. Just the scale at which you are launched into that game and the places that they take you and all of it done with like no loading screens and all of that was yep. really impressive. Yep. I mean, and and like I, I sat back from it and went, wow, OK, this is a triple A game because <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. You know, you hear Warner Brothers Studios and it's a 50 50 whether you're going to get absolute yeah. shit or if you're going to get a decent game. And this is definitely that I, I you know, again, it, all politics even, aside, it's a game of the year contender. Even 100%. from that very beginning, the the detail of Harry Potter lore is so prevalent. So what happened, like within the first about 20 about first three minutes even so somebody dies and anybody who knows harry potter will know so eric there's a creature called a thestral in harry potter okay which are invisible until somebody until you see somebody die and you see somebody die and then they pop into existence okay because they're pulling the carriage that you're on but you can't see them until somebody dies and they pop into existence and i was like that's so good why do they pop into existence when you see someone die that's just how they work. Huh. You can't see a Thestral unless you've seen someone die. So now, moving forward, you'll be able to see them for... Yes. You'll be able to see all of them? Yeah. Huh. I, feel like could, I feel like Eric just got the answer that I get when I ask my wife the question, why does Voldemort have no nose? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't, damn it. <laughs> just accept it. Because he, he's a snake. Uh, but I feel like Again, going back to the the learning the evil spells, I feel like you're straight up murdering people all the way through this anyway. I mean, I've I've can exploded you, people into crystals more times than I can count. When yeah. you get those, could you just walk into Hogwarts and just like start eradicating the people in there? No. Oh. So I couldn't just kill classmates. No. I'm returning this. <laughs> I felt like telling you when you were buying that, Eric. This is not a sandbox where you can murder everything. <laughs> Damn it! Why didn't you warn me? Maybe someone will do a PC mod for you. Well, then what's the point of those spells? You can kill horses. I'm just saying. <laughs> Wait, you can? <laughs> Apparently there's a whole thing of uh, people Wingardium Leviosa and Leviosa in the cats off different ledges. Oh, yeah. What is up with all the globes that you can run around and spin? Like, just, why is that a fun. thing? Just, just for fun. I've been touching to every you... single one of those in hopes that at some point down the road a little <laughs> does, trophy does, pops up. It does not all the globes. As... There's nothing as far as I know. Yeah. Keep, also, also you can I pick up cups of tea and eat biscuits and eat little sweets and stuff like that for no reason. Just to give you something to do when you're passing by. Ugh. I keep petting all the cats. <laughs> I stopped because it was taking There's too so long. many. <laughs> Fucking 700 cats in this game. What the hell? <laughs> but I can't. St- I must pet them all. <laughs> I'm still playing stray in my head. <laughs> but Eric, uh, uh, I mean, this might be a minor spoiler, so maybe don't listen for 20 seconds or so if you're not at this point, but uh, the room of requirement is in this game, which is basically a room that you can turns into whatever you need it for. And in this, you can use it as your own like personal headquarters and you can like customize it how you want. And you Spoilers. unlock loads of items to use in it. And it's, it's really cool. Yeah. It's something I haven't really touched much. I've done the quests that are associated with it but i'm like i can't get into this because i'll just i'll lose too long i found that during character creation i made the perfect representation of tom 
So I'm just playing as him now. <laughs> What's a fart in the wind? <laughs> what, he um, looks and sounds just like him, and I'm like, oh, wow, I did that. That's, wow. <laughs> what house did you guys all get sorted into, and did you stick with the one they put you in? I, I'm a Gryffindor, and yes, I did. I was supposed Eric. to be put into Ravenclaw, and Ellie goes, no! Gryffindor. I'm like, all right, well, I told that sort and had to go pound sand. I'm going to Gryffindor. <laughs> I kind of wish I hadn't because apparently the other common runes are really cool. And yeah, obviously so that- you see you see a lot of Gryffindor in Harry Potter already, so it's still cool to go there, but I would have liked to go on the others. Fucking Slytherin is badass. Is it? <laughs> yes. Because you awesome. don't get you, you don't get to go on the others, as far as I know, if you're not in oh, those houses. Yeah. I mean yeah, that gives I, you I, incentive to replay it. I picked well, Slytherin on purpose because I had seen uh way early in the like early in the trailers that the entrance to it was a snake slithering over a door and i was just hooked i was like yep that's mine <laughs> i will be in there i mean but it's i mean the slytherin room is completely unique my daughter's playing gryffindor um and you know like the slytherin house is all vertical you know it's like you walking down a set of stairs and then you get to the bottom mm-hmm. and there's all this stuff on the way and it's really cool i assume going into the different houses has different like subtly different questing or I don't know. It? I don't know. I don't because you you won't meet the same characters. But I think a lot of you'd meet a lot of characters from different houses anyway. So I assume they'll be introduced at different points. Depending. So there have been which, times where you yeah. come across somebody and they like you can give snarky responses and then they respond in like a very oh well that's not the response I was expecting from you. Does that have any impact on the game? No, that's why I'm saying there's no morality system. So so you just be a dick and nobody's gonna yeah, care. Just be a dick. No problem. Yeah. Cares. yeah. That's a missed. Well, you're a, you're a dick wearing a ridiculous outfit who just bunks off school for four days to go wandering the wilds of Scotland. <laughs> hey, you guys have come- all been here for four years. I'm just going to rock on in on my fifth year, graduate, and be done with it. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you, you, basically, you basically, like all the rest of them are like going to their classes and sticking in and learning all these spells. And then you just wander up to somebody and go, right, I'm ready to learn that one. And then before you know it, you're off shooting explosions into some goblin's face. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant. That's because, the best of Harry Potter right there. Yeah. <laughs> Hearty, heartiest of pip pips from me, oh, my good people. Yeah, Big absolutely. time. Absolutely. I, now, can we talk about the fact that the collector's edition is a complete fucking ripoff? <laughs> can we talk are. about It's a complete fucking ripoff. It's is a it? book with a floating wand that doesn't work. And it was $300. And I was like, no. I'm going to look this up. God, we finally hit socks limit. Yes, Jesus. we have. Like, I, no, I don't have limits. Like, I bought an Elden Ring helmet. <laughs> it was like $400. I don't give a shit about limits. I care about what you actually get with it. Do you get a physical copy of the game? Uh, I did. I and I ended up buying mine, the first one digital. Um, and that's mostly because it's PlayStation 4 and 5 compatible, so I can give it to my daughter to play upstairs. I just but mean I with the collector's edition. edition, do you get a physical copy? Or is it a oh, digital? Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, you bought this? No, 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 but oh. you do. <laughs> I was going to say, damn, that is Fuck awful. no. Well, it's like, look at the collector's edition coming out for Tears of the Kingdom. That's trash. Yeah, it is trash. I'm still going to buy it, but it's trash. I mean, I miss the days of, like, PS3 collector's editions. Think about, what was it, Killzone 3, where you get the freaking helmet. Like, you used to get yeah. cool shit. Halo 3 collector's edition, you got a helmet. Like, cool yep. stuff. Tears of the Kingdom. You get an art book. You get a couple of you get a couple of pins. Mind you, oh. it's only 120 bucks, but still, it's garbage. 
Guys, it doesn't matter what's in it. You're not going to open it anyway. I opened a game this week, Dan. <laughs> he did. I, I, I'm I talking seen about- it. <laughs> well it. done. I'm very proud of you. I seen it. Hey, it's almost like you should have played it years ago. Right? Hey, I opened mine as well. Oh, Mostly because I didn't realize I had a PlayStation 3 version. <laughs> I opened the box of mine, but it had been opened doesn't properly count. a long time. Doesn't count. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't count. I tried. The cell phone comes off. I tried to find a used copy of it so that I didn't have to open it. And I couldn't. And then I looked on all the digital stores and they were just too expensive and went, ah, fine. But believe you me, I went into price charting and looked at what's the value of the sealed versus opened. And it was a $3 difference. I went, I'm willing to eat that loss. Yeah. What about if it changes in the future? I know. I don't like it. Um, Zach. Yes. Three days. Until three days. Three days. VR. I'm excited. My, mine I'm has stopping shipped. listening. Mine has nah. shipped. It's on its way. I'm Same. not happy about this. Why are you not happy? Because I can't afford it. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> you can. You just choose not to. I can, but I like to eat. Yeah, yeah that's, an, that's an important thing. I, it, to be fair, I absolutely paid for mine up front when I had a job, so I'm not a terrible person or anything. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I really did. Uh, and I paid it all off. And I've just been waiting. And, and now that it's three days away and I've got a shipping notification, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> The and, I've been reading and, a lot about it, and the general consensus is this is a true generational leap. Yeah. Like what we saw from PS1 to PS2 in terms of graphics. Like this is that type of leap. And the only criticism is that it's just lacking games yeah. currently. So what they're saying is that it is phenomenal hardware with mountains of potential. Yeah. I just hope I do hope they really do support it this time. There was a, a few good games. On I PSVR feel like 1. they really supported PSVR one. I mean, there were hundreds of games for it. Most of them were digital only. I bought. I know. I just I just ton. didn't know which ones to get because they got no coverage. Right, and yeah. I think that that's more. I think you'll start to see a lot more press coverage on the VR games now because of how successful VR one was. The thing that I think people are unjustly getting upset about, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're just ignorant, is the lack of backwards compatibility. They're like, well, how hard would it really be to just port them forward? Well, think about it. Hard. It's completely... <laughs> it's fucking hard. <laughs> you're, you're essentially asking them to rebuild it from the ground up because it's yeah. not utilizing the same technology even in, in the remotest sense. It's not like taking a game from PS4 and upgrading it to PS5. It's not just polishing it up. It is a completely different architecture. It's completely different tracking technology. So if you're one of those people banging on that drum of, well, I'm not going to buy it because they're not supporting other games and like they need to do that, you're you know, you're fighting a losing battle. It's not going to happen. It's, a, it's the same with the PS3 when it moved on from the cell architecture yeah. with the PS4. Yeah. It just does, it doesn't work the same. It's I, I, I can't... The one thing that impresses me the most about it is PS, PlayStation VR 1, the setup of that shit so difficult so, so difficult, difficult. And so on a play- complicated and on a playstation uh, 5 it's fucking impossible yeah <laughs> yes you need even need even more than you needed on the ps4 so uh, i only reason i don't play on it anymore is because my new house i don't have space upstairs to play on it and i need to move it downstairs and i can't be bothered because it's just so it's yeah. just so difficult and for the new one 
you take a USB-C cable and you plug it in the front of your PS5. That's, That's all you do. That's yep. it. My my one concern, and I haven't seen anybody complain about this, but I have one of the original Oculus Quest where it had the built-in tracking like the PSVR 2 does. It has the four cameras on it, and then it tracks the controllers in front of you. I was not impressed with that tracking. I cannot play Beat Saber on the original Oculus. I just feel like the tracking isn't as good. So that was five years ago. I'm hoping yeah. that this sort of like self-tracking technology has improved. I haven't seen anybody or any of the reviewers say like, yeah, tracking would drop in and out. So I'm hopeful for it. To but be fair, Eric, with the with the old camera, I felt like it lost loads all the time when I was playing Beat Saber. Yeah. But that was yeah, better so, than what I'd experienced with the Oculus Quest, so there's that. Yeah. Well, and remember that the Oculus Quest is basically running on an old mobile phone chipset. Yes. It's not built for VR. Right. Like, they had to, to sponge it in. And, like, even on the Quest 2, it was better. I th- Yeah. I think that there's a lot of potential for this, and I really hope that we start to see... We talked a little bit about this before, but I really hope we start to see some of those big AAA titles like Half-Life Alex come over. Yep. Um, Boneworks. I think those could be Half Life Alex would be a system seller. Yeah. So would Boneworks. 100%. I mean, honestly, they're both so ahead of everybody else in terms of gameplay that I, I and Boneworks is one that makes me sick. Um, yeah. And I will still play it because it's fucking amazing. It's yep. fucking amazing to have the sense of like picking up a gun in the game, finding a clip, putting the clip in the gun. And when you run out of bullets, you just fucking disregard the clip. Yep. And that's the love. I mean, and with like 70 different types of guns, that's the sort of level of realism that you get with Boneworks and all the hand over hand stuff. So something I, I, else that's that's pretty cool that I've been reading is. The ability for somebody else to control the UI from the outside. So one of my favorite things to do is people come over and I'd show them VR. Like, hey, have you ever experienced a game in VR? Oh, no, I haven't. Oh, you got to set them up and you got to teach them how to like control it and point at things. Now I could just sit on the outside and manipulate it for them. I think that's going to be kind of a neat oh, that's feature. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I, I, the big game obviously coming out with it is the new Horizon game, but I'm hoping that they're working on a new Astrobot. Oh, me too. Yeah. Same here. Me too. Because Astrobot Rescue Mission was something else. I loved Astrobot on the PS5 as the tech demo as well. <sighs> Amazing. But the VR one? Believe else. it or not, um, the game I'm most excited to play on this is Gran Turismo. Mm. Yeah. Like that, from what I've been reading, is the true definitive VR experience at the moment. I because mean, it's I, just perfect. I can't imagine how cool it'll be playing horizon and like looking up at a tall neck and stuff like that the one the one criticism that's come from that though is that it's just endless monotonous climbing mechanic which if you remember from did you ever play uh the star wars edge of the galaxy or whatever the hell it was no the vader blood and truth had a lot of climbing as well yeah i don't mind it i think i find it really immersive it's cool I like bow and arrow shooting in VR, so I'm going to be pretty pumped for <laughs> Colton Mountain. I uh, I spent, I played The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners for a bit. And yeah. I spent absolutely ages trying to climb up a drain pipe and then shimmy, <laughs> shimmied along a ledge and got to the window and then just completely missed and fell off. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a launch game, isn't it? Saints and Sinners? Is it? Yeah, I think for PlayStation VR too. There's Saints and Sinners 2 or the original one. 
I don't know. I have to go look that up. It was I uh, I couldn't play that game. It was fun for a while, but then I was walking around really creepy looking houses and I was like, nah, so can't do it. <laughs> Let me see here. So the oh. other thing that I'm I'm really excited while you looked that up, that I'm really excited about, and I did not know this, um, is that the the panel that's actually in that VR headset um is going to help a lot of people get access to VRR and to HDR. And yep. because you can play any PlayStation Five game in, you know, on a hundred inch screen, ten feet in front of your face, with both of those capabilities active, mm-hmm. um, and that's a big thing because a lot of people have not seen what VRR can do for you. And in a game like Elden Ring, for you know, just as an example, like that is a that is a game saver because Elden Ring kind of performs well until it doesn't, and just yeah. to have the VRR to pick you up in those like forty you know millisecond spikes is amazing. Well, I still know people who are playing PS5 games on a 1080p TV. So like yeah, they, so missed, they missed out on the 4K uh, era of PS4, and now they're dipping into, okay, yeah, 4K is just a standard, but now we're getting into 120 frames, we're getting into VRR, we're getting into G-Sync and FreeSync and all of that. So yeah. when they finally make that jump, it's going to be generational for them. Yeah, and and I mean, theoretically, this is a, a thing I'm sort of positing, is I think after you set up your PlayStation VR for the first time, you can technically play it without a TV. So that's access to all of your PlayStation 5 games while somebody else is sitting there watching TV or doing something else. And yeah. that's, again, a game changer. You could sort of do that with PlayStation 4. You could do it with PS4. Rem- yeah, because I remember playing PT on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was definitely a worse experience right. <laughs> overall because it was like a 900p screen. So here's everything that's coming out day day one alongside it. Obviously, Horizon Call the Mountain. Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, uh, which is the enhanced edition from a couple years ago. Resident Evil Village, full upgrade. (laughs) That one, I still haven't played Village, but I tried playing a good chunk of Resident Evil 7 in VR. Horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. So I will absolutely be trying Village in that because I have that. Uh, Grand Trozo 7, a game called Demio, which is a tabletop RPG dungeon crawler. Um I feel like VR is rife for a good dungeon crawling game. Yeah, yeah, why not? Cities VR. Thought that was a weird one. Is that like a Sims game? Yeah, like Sim City. The okay. you know, city skyline. This is C- Cities VR. Cosmonius High Vacation Simulator, which if you didn't play any of the job simulators or vacation simulators on PSVR 1, they're a freaking blast. We had so many party nights where we had people come over and it's like, let's play Vacation Simulator and... Uh, job simulators on there too. Game called Pistol Whip. Uh, okay, Pistol Whip's really good. Oh, you've played Which, it? Yeah. Which one is that? It's when you kind of you're running down a track and it's to music and you shoot people. Oh, okay. Oh, sold. Right. Yeah. It's it's I'm really in. cool. <laughs> uh, no Beat Saber though, people. Not on launch day. Not on launch day. They're working on it. There is a, a VR MMO coming out called uh, Zenith, which. Don't know anything about that. Um, zombie game called <laughs> After <laughs> Zombie game called After the Fall. Some octopus game called Tentacular. Ten, tentacular. Tentacular. Um, Moss tentacular. and Moss Book Two. I will be buying that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm. I'm really interested in playing both the Moss games on PlayStation VR Two. I played them way back. I think on VR PlayStation VR One. Moss Two um, isn't out yet, though, is it? Or ha- is has Moss 2 come out? Book 2? I think it's on PC. But it may be a PC-only affair. Okay. More importantly, guys, how is access to porn? 
I mean, PlayStation doesn't have a web browser, so. <laughs> well, they need to get on that pronto. Yeah, no Did you guys play you. the uh, iOS game called What the Golf? It's a goofy, top-down, isometric golf game. Like, just look up What the oh, Golf. Oh, I, I saw this when it was I played announced. the hell out of that on my phone. There's one coming to PSVR 2 called What the Bat, where you have nice. bats for hands, and you just have to complete absurd challenges using bats for hands very nice and then out of the freaking blue fantavision is making a comeback fuck yeah <laughs> i'm buying that because fantavision Fireworks simulator <laughs> it was such a dumb game but if have you gone back and played fantavision recently i haven't I it's not Coca-Cola bad Vision. <laughs> it's really not a bad game it was a terrible launch title like hey guys generational leap this is the future gaming Awesome. What are you going to play? Fireworks. Yeah. I'm going to make fireworks. <laughs> it's a neat game. Uh, there's a game called Kayak Mirage. Um, some anime game called Kazuna Touch the Beat, which seems ominously. Uh... <laughs> there's your porn game, so Dan. They're, they're, so they're saying there's no <laughs> games, and it's got like over 10 launch games at least. It's got Res. It's got 30. Yeah, Res is a good one. Res is coming. Synth Riders, which is another music-based game. Tetris Effect. Thumper. Tetris Effect. Did you ever play that in VR? Loved it. Loved it. Absolutely amazing experience. There's another game that's called Townsman, but if you like quickly glance at the logo, it looks like Town Seaman. (laughs) I really hope that they port over Astrobot and... Uh, Blood and Truth, because Blood and Truth on this new one will be awesome. Yeah, I think it would be. You know what else I'm really excited for is the update for No Man's Sky. Yeah, I try. I actually tried that on the original PlayStation VR, and that is mind blowing when you do that in VR. It's incredible. That guy is what, what was his name? Sean Murphy. Sean Murray. 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 Yeah, he is a true testament to someone who went way overboard on the hype train oversold what he was really making and then saw that it didn't do as well as he wanted it to and went i'm gonna make this right and he has made it his life's mission to make it right and by god he's done it yeah no, that I mean, game is incredible I, it's genuinely an incredible experience i just i still can't get into it I, every time i try it though it's just so overwhelming because and, you haven't been keeping up and neither have i like i played yeah, with I dalton Suter at it. one point and he had his head wrapped around it. And I went in and I'm like, I'm so overwhelmed. I imagine it's like somebody now trying to jump into World of Warcraft. Yeah. Yeah. Where I mean, you've got so a game that went from, went from fundamentally like there was nothing to do. And now there's so much to do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You can like you can do everything from build your own base to I, I don't even know anymore. Like and mine planets. And when we first ridiculous. played it, it was you could walk around and take pictures of dick monsters and fly to a different planet. Like that was yeah. it. Which was I'm, cool the first time you did it. I'm curious if they start porting games that really didn't rely on the PlayStation Move controller. And what I'm talking about is The Last Guardian, right? Or yeah. games like it where it's not really a full-on VR experience, but you could put on a headset and understand what they wanted you to do with it. Yep. Like, I think that would be interesting. Yeah. I'm no, excited I, for I, it. I, I'm very pumped. I'm, I'm excited for you both to get it. I'm very jealous. I will lie. I won't lie. I've, I've been thinking about getting it but at 520 pounds just for the headset without any games i'm like i can't well i forgot that i ordered the 
the controller charger. That was another 50 bucks. I'm $700 into this thing. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I'll be plugging mine into a USB sticker. So I'm good. <laughs> What's really cool about it as well as a nice little touch. Apparently, the box that it comes in can be used for storage. Yeah. It's, it's like it doesn't have it doesn't have your tip your typical game box where everything doesn't slot back in properly. It just literally you just plonk your headset in it in a nice, nice. little cradle, put your controllers in, shut the lid. Nice. Jobs are good. So what else is coming out here recently that you guys are looking forward to? I played Metroid Prime and it was oh. good. <laughs> was it? Metroid Prime. Okay, so uh, if Metroid none Prime of you, is good. I know you guys played it earlier this year, right? Or last year? You played the original Metroid Prime, like the GameCube version. Yeah, it's awesome. It's yeah. not. It's not. Yeah, the new one. Uh, I I I'll just say it like this: like it is not an HD remaster. It is a remake. Everything in that game has been remade and painted with a brush that says "love." Um, I mean, right down to the fact that you can control it in three different ways. You know, to match either the Wii style, the GameCube style. Or the new, like, hey, this is a first-person shooter. You should play it like that style. Um, the only things that I haven't seen in it are, like, all the unlockables. But what they have laid out in terms of Metroid Prime, and it was a $30 game, right? Like, it's or it's a $40 game, I'm sorry, um, is just love completely plastered across the screen. And, I mean, you can feel it from everything from enemy placement to the fact that the engine is the same thing that they used in the original. They've just literally gone back and baked everything. Um, so I double dipped. I got the digital version on day one. And later that afternoon, I went out and ordered a physical copy as well. Uh, because like it is such a love letter to Metroid fans. And it's really kind of invigorated me to go back and play other Metroid games as well. Um, if you have not played it, I would get it today. Pass. God, I've just been having a quick look at what games are coming out this year, and oh my god, there's so many good So games. two days from now, we get a Soviet Russia version of Bioshock called Atomic Heart. Which looks excellent. Looks it does incredible. look excellent. Looks absolutely Everybody's great. kicking off about that now as well, because apparently it's pro-Russian propaganda. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just, that's People right. are going to find any reason to be pissed off about anything. Like, you know what? The world is a much better place if you just... Be happy. Like, stop trying to find things to be pissed off about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that looks... Honestly, if you haven't checked out the gameplay trailers of that, definitely check it out, because it's going to be a sleeper hit for the year, I think. Yeah. System Shock is coming out soon. Apparently that... Um, I love the System Shock. <laughs> apparently Wild Hearts is really good as well, which is basically kind of a new take on Monster Hunter. Is it? Yeah. Like, it, okay. I've uh, tried like, to get into Monster Hunter a number of times, and it I've just never found a game that kind I don't, of breaks me I, into it. But I don't like I menus. Them. I don't like menus enough to play Monster Hunters. <laughs> yeah, uh, I tried Monster Hunter World for a long time, and I couldn't really get into it either. But apparently, yeah. this kind of streamlines it a bit and makes it easier. I think uh, with Monster Hunter games, you have to have a group of friends that you play it with. That's yeah. fair. I mean, and again, like, I understand that people love Monster Hunter and, and all that it brings to the table. It's just never really been my jam. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I could appreciate it for what it is. I'm quite oh. interested in picking up Like a Dragon Ishin, which is a remake of uh, old Yakuza game, which came out only in Japan. Okay. 
Uh, it's set in feudal Japan instead of the traditional modern day Tokyo. Oh. <laughs> Well, but how are you going to do it without being able to play all the little games? <laughs> <laughs> I love the Yakuza series. They're so, but they're called. They're, awesome. they're actually called like a dragon now. They've changed yeah. the name. So I actually completed another game this past week in preparation for a game coming out. Oh, let's hear it! I finally got around to finishing. Um, can I? Can Star I do War. it? Can I? Can what? I do it? Go. Jedi Fallen Over. Yes, I finally have <laughs> gotten around to beating that great game well well done i can't believe that nobody told me to play this before like nice it was just done. fantastic Actually, go away fantastic game boil thy head in a vat of horseshit go away <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah star War, uh star wars jedi survivor comes out um we've got mega man battle network legacy collection i'm gonna buy it because it's mega man but i'm not really sure i'm super excited about it bloody hell you all right it's Battle Network. Yeah, it's, which is trash. <laughs> it's not great. Damn it. Re-release Tron Bone. They're, fi- they're, finally re- they're finally releasing Advance Wars, even though it's been ready for about eight months, apparently. <gasps> I will buy that. Uh, yep. I have Dead, I- Dead Island 2 is coming out after 10 years. What is? Oh, Dead, Dead Island, Island 2. 2. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, that Minecraft Legends game that's coming out actually looks pretty pretty cool ellie's super excited about that one and we've my, got we've my got daughter tears. is my youngest is uh or i'm sorry not my youngest my middle child violet uh is very interested in job simulator it's and fun. so the, she's saving up her money for vr for it so i'm like yep we'll get it there you go <laughs> get a job kid that's right Baldur's Gate 3 still, I hope, has a has a release window, like a full release window of this year at some point, but I'm not holding my breath. I hope that's as good as I want it to be. <laughs> we played the demo of Sea of Stars this past week. That game's going to be freaking great. We did. I, I stopped playing it very quickly because I was like, I want to experience this properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was just straight away. I was like, yep, that's fine. I will love this. There was a really interesting part within that demo where you were talking to a character and then they said something, 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 and then in parentheses brackets, redacted for spoilers. Like, I thought that was a really neat addition within a demo. Yeah. Final Fantasy 16 is June 22nd. Oh, not too far. I know. I'm excited about that one. Like, and unlike I was excited for Final Fantasy 15 or. You know, some of the ones that looked after that. I, I just I don't know why, but something about that game catches my eye. I think what I'm really excited about with this is that they haven't been trying to just cram it down your throat. 15, they were like, we're going to make this into a new franchise and a new universe. And it's going to span all this. And like, here's a movie and watch the movie before you play the game. And the movie was great. I'll still defend Kingsglaive saying it's a phenomenal movie. Even aside from the fact that it's a Final Fantasy movie, it's a great movie. Really, really good CG. But I feel like with 16 now, they're just like, hey, it's a Final Fantasy game. Like, you like Final Fantasy, right? Here, it's just going to be this. So enjoy it when it comes out. I like Squeenix are doing things right, Lily. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that 15 was great after all the side content came out. Like, that was. I never played it. I yeah. never played all no, that. it was they were all really good. Um and See, I've, I I've re, I've replayed it and I didn't like the DLC. I thought it was pointless. Uh, really? Uh, yeah. I liked it. 
I thought it just felt a lot more like connected and fleshed out than when you replay the royal. It just felt like they'd taken bits of the storyline out just to sell as DLC, which was just crap. So when you replay it like the royal edition, does it integrate the DLC where it's supposed to be? No, fuck no. Oh no, it's from a menu system, but it's still there. (laughs) Oh, so it's not. It's not as integrated. Interesting. All right. But it was Pikmin, still really neat. Pikmin, Pikmin 4 coming out finally. They've announced that. I've never played a Pikmin personally, but they're okay. excited I played Hey You Pikmin or Hey Hey Pikmin on the 3DS. And then, most importantly, at the end of the year, gentlemen, if all goes to plan, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Hell yeah. I am excited. I am tips of the nipples for that one. I can't wait. I'm Point so deep. excited. <laughs> If that oh, gets and pushed back, I, I might cry. We have uh, Tears of the Kingdom. That comes out in May. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah, Tom oh, is really May. excited for that one. <laughs> I don't know how Tom could not like that game. I don't get it. I bet but you he he's, just, he's just putting us on. I bet you he loves it. He, uh, he's, he's still playing Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I'll say this. I'm going to say this in defense of Red Dead Redemption. I did pick it up for the PC because Steam had it on sale for like 10 bucks a week ago or so. And it's better on PC. Um, and it's better because the frame rate's there. And yeah. because everything doesn't feel like it takes 10 hours to do. It's so. still Red Dead. I mean, Red Dead's a great world, horrible game. Yeah, it it, it does lack something special here and there. <laughs> Gameplay. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys got anything else you want to chat about? Have you got time to talk about Jesus? This episode of Factory Sealed is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon sponsors, with an extra special thank you to Zach Foley, Santos Lopez, Samuel Chun, John Weaver, Miles Prower, Jordan Lawfrey, Stephanie, Richard Cutress, Jason McGill, Colin Neblo, Juliet Breslin Romano, Dalton Suter, Gus Robin, Aaron Lanning, Brandon Meyer, Hesley Hattie, Cheaper Gamer, Cody Halverson, Robert True, Julian Santuki, J.H., Thomas Roderick, and Kevin Loth. 